Welcome to Episode 3 of the Prepping Positively Podcast. I'm Annie, and today we're going to talk about how you could become better prepared for power outages. Here we go. Hi, and welcome back. Well, it's now June of 2022, and for those of us in Central Florida, that marks the start of hurricane season. For us, it's that time of year we dread when we have no idea what to expect next. It could be just a tropical storm or a full-fledged hurricane. Either way, the most common crisis, if you would, that we would have to deal with is a power outage. These can last from a few hours to a few weeks, depending on the size of the storm and the amount of damage it brought with it. But hurricanes aren't the only event that can bring a power outage, you know. Fires, flooding, local accident, or even an old tree falling on a power line can cause a power outage. Today, I thought I would talk about what you can do to be prepared for a power outage in your home. Let's first of all think about how you are actually affected by a power outage. I live on a large piece of rural property, so we don't really have city water. We rely on a well. So if there is no power, there is absolutely no way for us to get water. Now, some people are fortunate to be able to have a hand pump installed. However, we're sitting on a large line of limestone and other rock, so a hand pump is completely impossible. We're looking into solar, but it may be a bit before I can afford the expense. The solution for us is bottled water. Because we prep regularly for just about anything, we always have cases of 16 ounces of bottled water, as well as five-gallon jugs on hand. The rule of thumb is to have one gallon per person per day. Now, we also fill our bathtubs up with water and any other buckets or jugs that we have. These are for bathing, cleaning, and flushing. We also have an outdoor shower that we can hang a bucket on, which drips into a hose with a shower head for a quick cleanup if need be. Now, of course, we don't keep our bathtubs filled with water regularly, but when it's hurricane season and we get a warning that it's coming, we absolutely do then. Now that works for us, but the animals need water too, right? In order to provide enough water for all the animals we raise, we installed rain barrels. These barrels collect water from our house, our chicken coop, our sheds, and our tiny house. Usually there's enough water collected during the storm to fill all of those rain barrels, and it's usually just enough to keep the animals with water. Now I'll admit we have a lake in the back, a rather large lake actually, Uh, I wouldn't want to drink the water from it myself, but it can provide enough water for the animals if the rain barrels run out. So basically here we have water covered. The next area to talk about in a power outage is light. Now during the day this is okay because the sun usually lights up your home enough to see, but what about in the evenings? You have options here. Now we have emergency candles on hand for that instant the lights go out. They're in sconces on the wall in our homes. There are some in jars, but they're ready to be lit in an instant. We also have these really cool pop-up lanterns that operate on batteries in each room. These are so cool. They come in a package of four. I think we got them at Walmart. And there's two small ones, kind of like child-sized, and two large ones. I keep the large ones in the kitchen and the living room, and I keep the small ones in the bedroom and the bathroom. When we need to use them, you just hold the base, you pull the top up, and voila, light. And let me tell you that even that little one's light will light up an entire room. I'll try to put the name and the information on these lights and anything we talk about in the resources page for this episode if you're interested in getting them. Now, other lighting options we utilize are solar motion lights. 
We have these installed at our rabbit hutches, our chicken coop, our pig pens, our sheds, and of course around the doors of our house. Now, these are always charged by the sun, so they're always available to come on at night if we need to go somewhere on the property in the evening, especially when we have no power. We got ours again at Walmart, and they were around $23 a piece. Um, we just bought them recently. We're in the process of adding these to our pool area and each of our porches on our house, too. So now that we covered water and we covered light, let's talk about heat. Now, where I live, heat is not something we try to create all that often. However, we are still prepared for it. One way we produce heat is to turn on the gas stove on low and keep the oven ajar. We try not to do this, but in a pinch, it's heat. We also have a wood stove installed. This works as a double purpose item for us as we can heat our home and cook on top of it if need be. Another way you can produce heat for your home is to use a generator. This way you can run an electric heater on an extension cord if need be into your home. The generator will also provide a way to provide electric light if needed also. Another area that needs to be addressed is your food. With a power outage that lasts more than three or four days, you'll start losing food in the refrigerator or freezer. Actually, depending on the temperatures, you could start losing food way sooner than that. One option is, again, a generator, which can be placed outside at least 20 feet from any open window or door, by the way. And then you can plug a fridge or a freezer into it. The downfall to a generator is the gas you will use. Remember that no power means you may not have access to gas at the store. So when the gas is out, the generator is useless. Now, we keep our gas cans filled at all times. However, during hurricane season, we make sure we have extra. We run out of gas here all the time. Um, and we have run out of gas for the generator a few times already. If you're in such a state like Florida, root cellars are impossible. The ground stays entirely too warm to keep food cold enough. The only option is coolers and ice, but by the time the fridge needs um, food to come out of it, the ice is probably going to be gone too. So what do you do about food? Well, we keep a supply of non-perishable food on hand. Tuna, raviolis, canned chicken, beans, soup, beef jerky, snacks, things like that. We also have a lot of dehydrated vegetables. Uh, we keep fruit, cereals, and we have things like rice, dried beans, and some mixes. These can be reconstituted with water or broth, and they can be cooked over an open fire, on a grill, in a smoker, or in a gas stove. As far as any extras or leftovers, well, to be honest, we treat the dogs and the cats. After all, they have to eat too, right? So now you have the basics to being prepared for a power outage. Now, don't worry if you don't remember it all. and Don't worry if you think this is just a minimal checklist. I put together a checklist to have on hand in the event of a power outage. You can find it by going to roadtoreliance.com forward slash podcast and search for episode three. There you can download the transcript. You can find some additional resources and you can download the free checklist too. The checklist has some items I didn't mention today, but that you may want to consider, and even some extra space for you to add more items you may want to have on hand. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit the follow button so you don't miss a single episode, and leave me a rating, which helps others to find me as well. I hope this episode helped you learn how to prepare for a power outage in your home. Until next week, stay safe, stay healthy, and as always, stay positive, because I believe in you.